All right, welcome to another episode of Tigers SRD here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. I'm Roger C. Alongside me, well, it's going to be a uh, I, I kept mystery guest because I didn't really want to, I wasn't sure and I didn't want to ruin anything. So that being said, we have a, first of all, we're full of food. Thanks to Mark Gourage over here. Mark, I don't know where Mark is, but right behind me. Behind the host, yes. The host, he made a bake, a, a seafood, is it boil? Shrimp boil. Shrimp boil. It was delicious. Mark, thank you. That was uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Really was, really phenomenal. Was phenomenal. It was yep, bravo. Yeah, it was well done. And so uh, Chris is joining me per normal uh, to my left this evening on these uh, condenser mics that I borrowed because I thought it would be pretty cool. Brendan and Dave, bless you boys. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Brendan, thank you for driving down. And, of course, to my That's right, it. the I like to say the, the gentleman, the scholar, uh, just... <laughs> The dean, the dean, dean. The yeah. venerable, yeah, the whole he was I holding. Heard one thing that's applied. <laughs> <laughs> holding, uh, holding court this evening is Lynn Henning from the Detroit News. Lynn, well, welcome. Thanks, Roger. Good to be with you, gentlemen. After a succulent evening of dining, yeah. There, talk over at uh, Brother Gorosh's. Yes. Yeah, Brother Gorosh does uh, phenomenal work there. The people, people listening have missed a lot of really good baseball, sports, and life talk in the last couple hours. Yeah, so it was fun. Yeah, we we might have already spent our best stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We're missing Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max. Uh, Max um, Boltman from the Athletic joined us a little earlier, and. Uh, Jordan, your son was here as well. And so, uh, prospect writer Jordan Gorash. Yeah, and Max is Max is like twenty three. Yeah, former so he's former got life, baseball prospectus. Yeah, Max is yeah, <laughs> yeah baseball pro. Uh, yeah, that's right. So uh, coming up tonight, we're gonna go uh, do a, a quicker podcast than normal. But we're gonna talk look at the inside numbers of Tigers this past week and some uh, shenanigans involving the Marlins and the Braves for whatever reason I don't understand. And uh, just give a, give, a, give a look around baseball and really let's start with the Tigers. Right now, 8-5 uh, does not look good against the Twins this evening. But uh, a couple things worth noting. Um, Ryan Carpenter will get to start on Saturday against the Twins. And the Tigers are going to honor Aretha Franklin this weekend with some songs and game notes. Who She sadly passed away today. So. That game notes thing they did was really kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, Where they had the, uh, each little category was named after one of her songs. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. She uh, she did a really really good cover of Rolling in the Deep, and it's, she's phenomenal, and she'll be definitely missed. She's so. been all over my Sirius XM today, and it's been yeah. awesome. Those, yeah, those are some songs I I didn't even remember. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, her her career is it's just you forget how good of a piano player she played as well. Yeah. Yeah. Soul of Detroit, right there. We're we gonna say, Lynn. I was gonna say, uh, in Detroit, we have been privileged over a half century plus to have had. Absolutely more than our share, more than any state or town share, of unique historical musical artists from Motown right on through Aretha's final days uh, here this year. But uh, what a testimonial to the mosaic musically that Detroit has been. Rockwell Hall of Fame should be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you got Bob Seeger all the way up to you know, the people producing MC5, today. which MC5. they're doing a documentary about that that's coming out. Uh, you look at Jack White, Jay Dilla. Yeah, Jay yeah. Dilla. Um, Chad, uh, Chad Crowder, the drum, drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, was in a, a couple local bands. Uh, there's, you know, even you look at even the 90s now, even with some of the rap, talk about the Jay Dilla, but even like the. Um, uh, um, was the group he was in? Slum Village. Slum Village. Yeah. But, yeah, the, but yeah, all the Motown stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know who turned 60 today? Madonna. Madonna. Oh, that's Madonna. right. Rochester, was she? Was yeah, she Rochester, yeah. yeah. Madonna is 60. Bay wow. Bay City. There you go. Aren't you? Well, no, you've same, been uh, Same as the Bay City Rollers, probably. <laughs> S-A-T-Y. Right. I think they were Irish or Scottish. Or they were Scottish. And actually, the Bay City, actually, that name was from the city of Michigan. Okay, so... Really, was it? Yeah. Yeah, they oh, threw they a did. dart or something like that. <laughs> really? I think that's I remember, what they did. I remember reading that Zilwaukee was named as such to confuse travelers who were trying to get to Milwaukee. Really? I don't know why <laughs> M and Z would be, uh, you know, confused, but there you go. You're way off the track then. <laughs> yeah, you're a long <laughs> way from Sunny <laughs> Zilwaukee. So, uh, but, so we'll look at the Tigers this week, and there's a couple things that I wanted to mention, too. And one, and I, I believe Len and... Brendan, both you guys both did a. I don't keep saying Brendan today. Brandon, um, Victor Alcantara, who has been doing pretty well, and I wanted to mention before we go inside the numbers a little bit because this is a guy who came over. We saw him in Toledo earlier this year, Chris. Mm-hmm. He was throwing heat. He looked like he had some movement in his, uh, his fastball. 
Alcantara looked like he can help save Jimenez a little bit of some innings, but what have you guys seen with him so far that makes you go, okay, there's some progress and this is not just – do you think he has his walks underneath control? I mean, so far, um, the command looks vastly improved um, than, you know, previous times I'd, I'd seen him. I mean, I've only ever seen him on minor league TV um, in the past. I'd never seen him live. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fastball is, is very good. Um, I don't know. I kind of wrote about this in terms of J- Johnny Barbato in the spring, which hasn't worked out so well. But, you know, he, um, Victor Alcantara has a really low spin rate and throws hard, and that gives you a lot of sink and a lot of a lot of two-plane life. Um, that's, a, that's a nice fastball. Um, and the same is true for his changeup. I still, I don't, I still don't know if the slider is really going to develop into a, a good out pitch. It's a little, little short, um, a little hard. But um, as long as he's, he can command it, he's he's definitely going to be valuable. I mean, you just can't get the ball in the air against him. It's a bowling ball type fastball. So yeah, there's there's definitely something there to work with. And yeah, it's nice to have someone who, you know, can kind of get in there and yeah, give Jimenez a little bit of a break, maybe give Green a break, um, some of those guys, and kind of see what we get and. When they traded, you know, Cameron Maven for him, none of us were particularly thrilled, although we kind of understood the reasons behind that. But, um, yeah, the deal um, actually seems to be paying some dividends. So, yeah, it's been nice to see so far. Well, you win. I mean, you have, a, you have had a chance to follow this gentleman. And Alcatero, my, his strikeout ratio is a little not what he expects so far the majors, but he's still been getting guys out, which is all the name of the game, essentially. Yeah, what, again, you emphasized at the time of that trade was the fact that he had an arm capable of throwing high velocity and now is he going to be able to get any degree of secondary pitch in command that's going to make him the tool that basically they're spinning a roulette wheel to add we all know that right but uh, Brandon's assessment of spin rate and of that sink explains also what they had seen at that particular point that made him, when you weren't going to get a prized prospect back for Maven, at least the kind of return that you could pin some degree of reasonable hope on. Uh, I, I think it's interesting when you compare Alcantara to, let's say, Zach Reininger. Mm. Yeah. Now, Reininger is different. He's got the broad yeah. slider. Yeah, a little more sweep, yeah. He, he's But... I don't know if he's ever going to be able to psychologically grip that particular role and what it takes to have a couple of pitches you can trust and throw with any degree of command. I think those two guys are portraits in opposition and in contrast right now. I don't know how you guys feel about that. They're both 25. I, I, I wrote about them. As we, we did our, our Tykestown Top 50, and I wrote them. I did a whole bunch of guys who just missed, and I wrote about them together because they are they're similar they both had kind of uh running at a bump in velocity and couldn't quite control it yet and, and Alcantara always had the velocity he didn't have the control that's been the biggest thing for him this year is his walks before before this year were like five per nine in his career and so far this year I was just looking 1.2 in AAA this year and 1.2 in the majors wow and so he's you, you mentioned that the slider he's not going to miss a ton of bats but he might miss a lot of barrels. Mm-hmm. And mm, if yeah. you do that with the movement he has on his pitches, you, he could be Alex Wilson. It's sort of, mm-hmm. a, I mean, I look at him right now as a a viable middle reliever, but if he's going to throw strikes and miss barrels, you might be able to use him as, you know, a borderline setup, seventh inning setup guy. It remains to be seen. I mean, it's yeah. it's a small sample. We just mentioned Reiner. He actually pitched to four guys tonight and struck all four of them out, which yeah. is probably the best yeah. he's ever done in his pro career. <laughs> so two things about both those guys. All right. One. Shouts from the peanut gallery. Yeah. El, El, El Quintara is a, is a, is a fastball changeup pitcher now. Um, he has been maybe the only pitcher so far this year that can throw multiple innings and survive it. Mm. They, they have a host of guys they have tried to throw two innings at a time. No one seems to be able to survive the second inning. Okay, Alcantara's done it multiple times. He does survive the second inning the few times that they've asked him to do it. Reininger, what I saw is that he scrapped the slider and went to a traditional curveball. And since then, it's like night and day. He was he was much better down in AAA, so we'll see. It might just be that, that adjustment period and... 
we, we see it with relievers all the time. Think of Joe Jimenez last year, well, how much he struggled. Th- and, and this is such as the life of relief pitchers. I mean, it, it, out of nowhere, this is what people need to understand about pitchers in general, especially when you get to be 24 and 25 years old. Once you get to double A and triple A and you throw for a while, you start manipulating grips, changing pitches. You start doing things because you're two inches away from working for a living. <laughs> and yeah. you become more open once you fail once or twice in the major leagues to trying to master the last level of some type of pitch that allows you to throw 50 innings in the major leagues in between 500 and $5 million. So where you've traditionally thrown the same type of pitches for years and years, and it got you to a, st- a certain point, once you fail repeatedly, whether it's AAA or in the major leagues or when you go back, you're a lot more open-minded and you're a lot more skilled because of who you are around at refining a different pitch or adding to your repertoire. And look at Alcantara. He used to throw 97, 98, and he probably still could. The mm-hmm. ball would probably also be straight, straight and flat, okay, yeah. and he may not command it. So he peels back to 93, 94. The ball has tons of movement, as Jim Price would say, made <laughs> movement. It's all coming okay? out of the same keyhole. Too. And yep. he's able to locate it better. So, I mean, this, this is, mm-hmm. you know, where guys either make a career or they go home. Yeah, it's those small adjustments, yeah, the wow. fine adjustments at well, the end. I think we all like to use the word baseball aptitude, yeah. okay? I always go back to Fernando Rodney, who was a reliever with the Tigers. He always had that big fastball, amazing changeup. Couldn't throw enough strikes, wasn't consistent enough. Went to the Angels, wasn't very good there. Went to the Rays, and I think they moved him on the rubber. I think that was it. And he went and had one of the best reliever seasons ever. And, and now he's still pitching at, what, 42, 41? Yeah. And I think Lynn would tell you when he met him in 2000, he's still amazed that he's still in the... <laughs> no, we, we all were because he was as different of a composition as they've had, but in a good way. In the way that you got to have that freaky-deaky element to, to your mm-hmm. composition, if you're going to succeed, he had it on top of the big arm. Short right? memory. A little sure. crazy, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll never forget. He, he knew what he could do and couldn't do. He started fooling on the slider. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Leland came out and said, I don't want to see that pitch ever again. <laughs> oh, I see that pitch ever again. <laughs> but he, Leland had a really great relationship, and Rodney parked that thing and got back to what he did best, which we all know are the, the, the two ends of the spectrum, the fastball and the change. But he had a completely Robin Williams kind of a mind, too. He was animated, spontaneous, impromptu, and smart. And all of those particular compositional points came together. Now, he, we also saw him when he didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Remember one time down in Tampa, he's hitting guys in the chest and walking people and killing people. And people are running out of the stadium. That's that was, yeah, he was like he was like one of those old nineteen fifty eight Redstone Rockets. They might go up like this, or they might go. Well, that was Rodney. But as you pointed out on his timeline, then he evolved, and at forty plus, this guy is still throwing baseball and good baseball. Yeah. yeah. That's and heat, too. It's, yeah. Oh, it's wild. One of the things I'm, I'm struggling with uh, is, is judging players too quickly. Uh, and I do it in both both good and bad ways. You know, after two months of Jamer Candelario, I was like, well, this is, you know, this is their future third, third baseman forever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then he struggles. And I should I feel like I should have learned this by now with guys like, uh, you know, Brendan Bosch and stuff like that. But Candelario felt different because he was walking and hitting for power and stuff. But Very in control, yeah, yeah seemingly. Yeah. Um, and it's something I still need to, to work on, but I, I think uh, it is always important to remember that sometimes guys take a long time. Not everybody's right. not everybody's Ronald Acuna or Mike Trout or, or or Soto, for God's sake. It takes some guys four or five years. J.D. Martinez, great example, took him five, six years, a complete swing change. Um, so 
and you see guys be very, you know, very up and down, like, um, you know, Gregory Soto last year looked like he was, you know, he was on the fast track all of a sudden. He got the control together, um, minor leaguer who was, you know, pitching in Lakeland. And the same, you know, the same was true for Hyrule Labort, who we were all like, hey, why'd you release this yeah, guy? Remember, remember Turns the, out he can't hit the broad side of a barn oh, yeah, after we pitching pretty well anger, last year. The, the yeah, I was, I was angry about that. I, mean, I was angry about it, too. Well, and that's why I, I don't want to, like, judge what Alex Fado has, has had happened to him in Erie too much. Yeah. But at the same time, it's... And like, at least you know he's going, he's working on a lot of things. Yes. You know, they're trying to so, change his posture. They're making right. him throw his change up a lot right. more. Right. You know, it's yeah. not him just going out there trying to... You know, put up the best numbers he can. So, yeah, wow. you got to have some patience there. They're showing the uh, Mark showed me the career earnings of one Fernando Rodney. The Marlins threw him a bone and gave him four hundred thousand dollars. Was that uh, a couple years ago? Yeah, a couple years ago. But now his his estimated earnings is it forty eight million? Forty eight, forty nine million, forty nine million dollars. <laughs> wow, man, that's a decent wow. living right there. Well, and I love the story that came out. You know, people used to complain about his tilted hat. Oh yeah. yeah. He's and not like, playing the game. And then the, right the story way. came out that he wore that as a tribute to his father, who was a fisherman and used to wear his hat like that. Yeah. He the sun out of his eye, and you're like, oh my God, that's the sweetest thing ever. And yeah. people are complaining about it. It's like, eh, yeah. That's how brilliant he was. Yeah. Because he, he, he was absolutely no one's master. Or, I mean, and no, no one, he was subordinate to nobody but to Fernando Rodney. Leland used to say, I really want to go out and have dinner with him. <laughs> he says, I love Rodney. Hmm. And, and he didn't say that about anybody else. But he knew how brilliant this guy was, and his sense of humor was. As I said, I talked about Robin Williams. Yeah, this guy is—he he is huh. up there. I'll tell you, the other guy I think had the highest IQ of any pitcher I've ever known. Joaquin Benoit. Really? I think he was borderline Mensa, if not higher. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. He was. Frighteningly deep and frighteningly dimensional, and you never knew it until you got to know him. Interesting. Oh, wow. he was overpowering. Huh. Wow. Man, learned a lot tonight. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's and a lot of times guys like that, don't, you know, we think don't do well. You know, we were talking about it earlier. You know, like yeah. the guys who, who are almost too smart for their own good yeah. can't let things go. Overthink things, yep. make too many Norris. changes. Yeah, which, Maybe was, Daniel was, Norris. Yeah. This was yeah. within, within within the Daniel Norris discussion. We yeah. should mention that he did uh, have his second rehab appearance today, and it went quite well. Yeah. I think it was two hits, one run, and seven strikeouts. He got eight outs and seven more strikeouts. So yeah. it's a sort of what you want to see when a, a major leaguer is rehabbing against rookie level hitters, but it doesn't always happen. So yeah, and, and the same token, I think. Uh, well, Fulmer was rehabbing in Lakeland. Two two perfect innings for him with four strikeouts. It is kind of amusing to think of. Guys at Lakeland and rookie ball trying to hit Daniel Norris and Michael Fulmer. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I, I would that's not, an eye opener. I would not be shocked if uh, probably Monday that they piggyback the two of them in a game. Yeah, it'll be fun to go see. That's worth the ticket there at Lakeland. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of the, by the way, uh, Carlos Guzman tonight, six innings, no runs, no hits. Yeah, three strikeouts for he him. Is, so. I don't know if, if you're familiar with this kid, Lynn, at all. He's he's down in Connecticut, Carlos Guzman, the, the converted shortstop. Uh, he's oh. making some noise with with. Uh, speaking of Rodney, it sounds like this guy's got a really good changeup for and, and a good fastball to go with, and some fuel for a breaking ball. So he's kind of one of the. You talk about pop up prospects. It's kind of him and, and Winslow Perez this year. Although. There was a there was a uh, all star too. They had the, the pitch in the all star game too. Um, no. Remember we talked about that. No. Chris, who was the uh, guy that just was in the All Star game for the Penn uh, League? Was it Juan? Well, they had Jose Vasquez. Vasquez, Vasquez that's who it was. I don't think he's much of a prospect. I don't know much about him. Honestly, just, but I thought he was going to be an org guy too, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of tough to tell. Like someone like uh, is it Jesus Jesus Rodriguez down at, at West Michigan. He throws 93, 94 mile an hour sinkers, and he's an org guy because he doesn't have anything else. But it's like it always it, it strikes me when guys can do one thing so well and it's still not enough. Uh, the, the old, like, you know, throwing 97, 98, you can't throw strikes, and then you have to go work at Target. You <laughs> <laughs> only get you so far. But uh, so inside the numbers real quick. So, there, you know, you look at Acuna's year, Chris, I feel like you've been two years ahead of time with this guy because, come on, give yourself a little credit. I, I wouldn't say two years. I don't think anybody saw it two years. I just remember reading Baseball America and seeing him tear up the Australian Baseball League. 
Yeah, and I grabbed of, him in my fantasy league just because I thought in a couple years he might be as good as Victor Robles. And speaking of which, they renamed themselves the Acuna Baseball League. Yeah, <laughs> which is pr- pretty funny. But uh, inside numbers, you're looking at eight home runs in the last eight games, and then one of the I, I don't know what this guy was thinking. I don't you know. I, I it's we don't, I don't know. <laughs> just. So the reason why I wanted to bring up Okuna is because there was a stat that I saw earlier this week that the home run stat that I posted in our Twitter chat that was just phenomenal. I'm trying to find it right now, but it was something along the lines of you look at it, two guys and Juan Soto and him in the last 63 games with how many home runs they have, and the the, the name is in there. Bonds uh, was it? Uh, I think it was like some some of the some of the names in there were just. Trout, Trout, yeah, Trout, be, yeah. yeah, Trout. And, but there's three guys in the last five years. But before that, it was guys that have been. Like, it was, it was uh, Barry Bonds, um, Griffey. Griffey was in that list. There was there was a list. I'm trying to find a list right now. But just what is it? You said eight home runs in eight games. No, the the, the amount of home runs after 63 games. That list. Oh, of, okay. Well, I think I feel like last year Hoskins and Matt Olson. We're both doing something crazy like that. Like they had 20 home runs through 50 games. Side note: If you're thinking the Nationals are done. They're not. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's that's gonna let Bryce Harper walk. Spend oh, that money on. I think they're done this else. year, but but yeah, as, done as a year, contender, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. They, Adam Eaton, Juan Soto, and Victor Robles is a pretty good outfield. My neighbor, Adam Eaton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot that. He's, Former neighbor of yours? No, he lives in Brighton. Oh, so I have so no boring. idea why he's not from Michigan. Don't he's, tell everyone this. Kurt. Ah, he's fine. I want to say where he lives, but okay. Not really. <laughs> that, like, yeah. He doesn't, you know, doesn't really. Uh, not only close his address, are fine, but uh, I think Inge must live out there now too, because he's working at the uh, yes. the big baseball facility that they just built on US twenty three. Was the one out there? The, the Legacy yeah. Center. He's their baseball guy there. Oh, that's cool. I haven't heard much about him. Though. Everybody loves Inge. Yeah. It, Brandon's out there. I think so. Yeah, last I saw him. Moved back here. He did. I didn't. Care. I didn't know. Yeah. This this had to have just happened. We've got Andy Dirks back. We've got. We, I mean, this is the state is it's getting grittier, grittier by the moment. Come out to Brighton, you know, Roger thinks we should add him to the forty. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Four hundred acre ranch down there in Virginia, and oh. uh, hmm. building a house and all. This was just two years ago. I, I'm I'm amazed. Oh, maybe I did it's just a part time thing. But Shaney's from. Well, she she's was politically uh, active up here. She worked. Uh, for Jennifer Granholm's office for some time, and maybe there had something to do with it. That is, uh, you're telling me news here. Tonight. Maybe she's going to bat for the Gretchen. Oh yeah, the could Whitmer. Be. Could be. Yep. Yeah, here it is. Here's All right, we've we've derailed the podcast. No, it's okay. No, it's it, it's it's a good thing. I, I right on. I, I, it's perfectly fine. But just. But anyways, so is it is it Arena? I think it's yeah. Urania. 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 Oh, I, I have to thank them both for getting me to figure out how to make the Spanish the, the and in my in my articles today because I felt like I finally should figure out how to do that. So, and then it, yeah. it just this, the whole situation got it's a little weird because two four one I believe he only gets six games for the suspension, but you know if you look at some of his stats, just this season alone, he's one of the, a guy who has literally helped the Braves be contenders, whatever you will. Maybe peak a little early if you have you. But that, that I don't know, that play last night, I, how angry you guys were with that last night. Just, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was it was gross. I mean, it was, you know, it's it's just a disgusting thing. You know, I mean, there, there are there are bean balls that, um, you know, that, that have a point to them and stem from something the other team did, you know. But, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not completely lost on the old school side of things but um when you're hitting a guy just because he's wrecking shop against your team you know that's as bush league as it gets um you know you never know for sure if if you know what the intent is and intent is hard to judge and i'm not sure entirely that umpires should be the ones in in real time having to judge that on top of everything else they have to do but um when a guy's just killing your team like that and you go out first pitch and throw your hardest fastball of the year um, and it and it drills the guy, you know, dead center. It's pretty hard to look at it any other way. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I thought it was it was real bad, and I I really am upset, kind of that there's that the suspensions are kind of so weak. You know, I mean, yeah. for a, a pitcher on the Marlins to get six games, you know, that's absolutely meaningless. You know, that, that's a tiny amount of salary, and you know, you just kind of wonder, you know, what went went on behind that because you know Don Mattingly kind of came out and made it sound like you know he had nothing to do with it. Which isn't really the kind of thing a manager, in my view, should be doing. You should, no matter what, be trying to kind of, 
you know, keep the thing under wraps as far as what really went on inside. But um, and then you also wonder, you know, a 23 year old pitcher doesn't usually take those kind of things on himself. Um, so you also wonder if there weren't some veterans who were kind of in his ear about that. Um, there just seems to be a little more there. And I don't necessarily want to pin it all on Urania, but um, but overall, yeah, the incident was just pretty ugly. And especially when you've got a young player like Acuna just going off and Let's everybody's see. into it, you know, it's just a drag. And then you've got Keith Hernandez, you know, coming out here with his nonsense. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, kind of old baseball guys who unfortunately, you know, spend too much time kind of complaining about how things aren't like the old days. And I'm, Keith Hernandez is in that vein, unfortunately. I'm so. really, really getting sick of that. And it's just, especially because, you know, just stick to you doing your old, you know, Just for Men commercials or something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah. a couple of things milk, that... Milk that Seinfeld appearance a little more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would if I were him. But too. look, at, here's some stats for he's you. He's got good hair and a mustache still. Too, well, that's jealous, true. But. I mean, he's pulling off at his age. <laughs> man. Acuna is the youngest player to hit home run in four consecutive games in baseball history and joins... Uh, Miguel Cabrera he as the only it. players to do it under the age of 21. Cabrera did five home runs in four games in April 2004. Um, mm-hmm. He is also the fourth player to lead off home runs in both games of doubleheader. He's the first person since uh, poor Chops himself, Brady Anderson, did with the Orioles in 1999. I, chops, Mutton Chops. Uh. See, I thought that three in a row must have been a record, but apparently Anderson did it four times in a row. Yeah. Four leadoff homers in a row, which is insane. The other two, by the way, who did that were Ricky Henderson for the A's in 93 and Harry Hooper for the Red Sox in 1913. 1913. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Tigers are making a wild comeback at this point. They just had the really? base, bases. It's 8-6 now. The base is loaded and one out. Wow. Right? The, bullpen holding, the whole bullpen holding down. And speaking of the bullpen, by the way, they need to let go of Zach, Zach McCaster, McAllister, and the Tigers picked up within 30 seconds, which I thought that was a uh, that was the fastest pickup I've ever seen in a while in a while by the Tigers there. So, um, But, yeah, th- those are some of the inside numbers. I wanted to talk about Acuna because I just think that even with all that happening, I mean, look, look at some of the records he's already br- – Names he's already mentioned here with a streak as long as for Braves since Brian McCann. I don't know, okay, Brian McCann. Eh, okay, but, uh, but the record, I mean. You know, since Rod- he started catching for Verlander, I like him better. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Rogers Hornsby comes to mind. Another name, Hank Aaron, Chipper Jones. Some of these Braves records he's already holding, and this guy is not even 21, and it just kind of, you see the progression, and this is something that's needed for the game. And, and Lynn, especially. Watching these 19, 20 year olds, I'm sure. Is this something you've seen? I mean, is this something you haven't? It's been a while since you've seen 19 year olds contribute like this, right? I'm mean, just. Yeah, all the Albies baseball, too, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ozzy Albies has been a monster. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder who's going to slow down the Braves here over the next 10 years. And uh, th- these guys are simply too good right now in their formative stage to think that this isn't going to be. The team not only that wins every division the way that the Cox team did, these guys are going to win some world championships. Now, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but the uh, amassing of that talent, and um, that gets you back to the question of where's Detroit in this process? Oh, yeah. yeah, you see how fun it is when you know you've got a bunch of young talent all coming at the same time. It's um, that was pretty exciting. Mark asked yeah. the question of, of the group the other day. He said, uh, "Are the Tigers closer to the? How's the? I don't remember what he said, but it was are the Tigers closer to a World Series now than they were this time no. last year? Well, I think that's no. the way I rewrote no. it. No, no. The, how's what the I asked, yeah. and I wanted to ask when when Lynn was here. Okay, and what I wanted to ask is, are are they? Are, are they doing a better job in their rebuild a year into it than they were a year ago? Where are we? Are we are we closer? Or is the rebuild making progress a year further into it? I would give you two answers to that. I thought their trades last summer were good, given the market, given the returns. And I thought their draft, finally, and this was the only draft that mm-hmm. I felt you could probably fairly assess them because they were drafting early and they had all their picks. Okay. They better hit on these draft picks. And they better hit with a full budget on their Latin American signings. Mm -hmm. I will not ask returns on those investments too early, but they better hit because there is no excuse Otherwise, yep. and here's the thing: when the, the thing that I've noticed too about the international market with some with Winsiel Perez, who was a guy who 
Chris, was he Anderson really highly touted? He was. Oh, he was highly touted? He, okay. He, he, he and Carlos, and, oh no, I'm thinking that was the year before. Winslow Perez was, I think, their biggest signing he two years ago. Like okay, 700 okay. grand, right? Something, Something like, that. like that. Yeah. He and yeah, he, Jan yeah. Sandoval, maybe? Yeah, Sandoval. I, I'm trying, I think Sandoval, well, anyway, anyway, but they were, we both know they, they spent better than a million bucks on both of those guys. Yeah. And, oh, did they? Okay. Co- collectively, collectively. Yeah. And this is, is this, it seems like this is the first time where the Tigers. Look like they have a process for the international market. They're looking at even. I mean, they've, they've been getting with Dutch players recently in, in Australia, which is something. This is a foray for the Tigers. It's new. I mean, some teams have been doing this for a while. And I mean, like you know, Brad outside of Brad Thomas. Let's you know. Well, we can't. You know, I mean, there's Eugenio Suarez. There's Willie Adamas. Yeah, but that's we what's traded him away. But I'm just saying, they, yeah. it's not that, like they never found anybody. But right it was. But Brandon, yeah. Brandon, I don't think it was as deep as it is now. Though. Sure, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, because they they've seemed like they. You got the two Gulf Coast teams right now, and they got the Dominican. What two teams? The Dominican Republic. Two Dominican teams, uh, because the Venezuelan uh, academy shut down. Yeah, they, they fold that in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a different. It's just a different situation now because all the teams are on the same playing level. No one can really spend more than five point seven five. Most I think, teams get four point seven five million. The days of guys, you know, going down there and paying somebody's roommate or uncle forty million behind the, t- you know, all that is no. over. And we saw for the most part. Speaking of the Braves, yeah, speaking the lose his job forever in baseball, and then we saw yeah. just now we saw what the Cubbies ran into with the Mexican League shenanigans. Oh yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just read an article about that. Didn't the, correct me if I'm wrong. They can't. They only could spend what three hundred thousand dollars on that. Uh, yeah, eight, eight and, players. And, yeah, and traditionally the club too much and the kid. Yeah, too and, yeah. The club. Yeah. yeah, the club was taking uh-huh. supposed to take only fifty like, percent or something. Or something yeah, it was a weird little loophole. Yeah. That it seemed like the Cubs had found that where you could spend more, but it's still the the amount that they were constrained by was going to the player, but there was a lot more going to the team, which who knows what happens then. But then MLB busted them. I don't know if they busted them, but that team agreed to give the player they signed more. Yeah, yeah. They're starting but, to do a good job of convincing me an international draft isn't as bad as it well, used they, to they, think. They just released yeah. some new rules and guidelines uh, about now like 14-year-olds can, like, you. it's almost like a college football recruiting thing where, like, you can bring a family member now and they pay for meals and stuff like that because they're they're basically regulating what's already happening, where these guys are signing uh, when they're 13, 14. Like the the Oakland guy I keep talking about, the he was the one that got Atlanta busted. It's Robert Pulison or something. I don't know how you pronounce yeah. his name, but he's considered the best player to come around the last couple of years. And the Braves were already having a deal with him when he was 13, I think. And now we know that the A's have a deal with him for five million, but it's not until next July. And it seems like this is similar to what, the, what they do in the soccer, because soccer players. Are signed at a very young age and kind of going through the process, and this is the only. If you think about baseball, it's the only professional sport of the four that's actually doing that with a groomer at a young age, kind of having the academy sense, and then mm-hmm. groomer them through to see if they can they can play. And so, yeah. but in maybe, terms of, maybe hockey, hockey is yeah, a little bit yeah, hockey like that. Yeah, hockey, yeah, yeah, hockey's a little bit know. like yeah, hockey's got a lot of like um, different dev, dev, uh, dev, ah. developmental teams. Thank you. Leagues. I couldn't mind. I couldn't yeah. say that, but um, that was it's a process. But in terms of the Tigers. Are they better from a year from now or from a year ago than they are now? I would say – go. I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, they have to be to some degree because you did trade the talent that you got. Um, you know, I, I like Daz Cameron. I like Jake Rogers. I liked Franklin Perez as a pickup. Um, the injuries are, are concerning, but he's still very young. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I thought we, we more or less robbed the Cubs um, for Isaac Paredes and – Jamer Candelario. People didn't like the JD deal. I didn't really like it either, but the market was kind of tough on that one. So, you know, all as a balance, they did pretty well there. And I like the draft better this year. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like they're making progress. Um, you know, it's just a question of, you know, like we've talked before about, you know, it's all about timetables. It's about getting enough of the talent under team control and reaching their prime years all you know, in the same short span, and that you know, that's a, that's a tricky calculation to make, yep. and you know, at, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, we're, there's going to be a lot of waiting to see kind of where these guys are at and how close they are, and then you also have to kind of balance that against should we be ready to move Michael Fulmer? Should we be ready to trade Matt Boyd for a decent prospect? You know, how long is this going to take? I mean, our Candelario Jimenez and some of these other guys who are you know, pretty fresh to the Tigers, is it better to trade them because we might still be, you know, four or five years away from really kind of being a serious threat in any kind of way. So to me, the, the those balances trade are tough. Is still the thing that's got to happen, will happen, and I think the return on him is going to be good. 
It has to be. They have to wait for the right time, that's for sure. He's going to show, even over the final six weeks of the season, or the final month, he's going to show that he's back next year. I think by next June, assuming they don't trade him this December, I think you're going to have a premier trade chip there that they're going to get an abundant return on. That's the one thing that I feel the strongest about in terms of their impending rebuild is that he's going to be integral and going to get them a very handsome return. They've got to get those bats for him then, yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the, they've done a good job improving the depth, which is it's going to be something that, that'll help. It gives you more uh, chances to fail. Like, we know prospects fail at a high rate, so you get more of them, you're, you're more likely going to hit on one of them. What they need, which they may get in, out of this draft, or they may have to get from a former trade is they need some superstar level players, not star players. Superstars are hard to come by. They need to get somebody who's going to develop into that four or five win player that Fulmer kind of already is. Maybe if he's healthy, but again, the window might not be right there. So they they need maybe it's Mize, maybe it's Parker Meadows, maybe it's Cody Clemens, Matt uh, Manning, Matt Manning, absolutely, Matt Manning. So that's one of the things you you look at this year for the minor leagues as a whole, and it, it's kind of a standard, for, for a solid system, it's a standard year. You've got some guys who've taken nice steps forward. Isaac Paredes, Daz Cameron, uh, Matt Manning, other guys. Winslow Perez, yeah. Winslow yeah. well, I, I consider him and He's Guzman, they're more yeah. like, they definitely take a step forward, but it's almost, like I mentioned earlier, pop-up guys. These guys that kind of off the Just radar a little bit, and suddenly like, okay, this is a guy you can get excited about, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But then you've also got, you've got, you know, some regression, not not regression, but Alex Fido doesn't look the way that we had hoped yet. Frank right. Price got now, hurt. Alex Fado was extremely good in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Maybe too, a bit too, aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Too too advanced for for the level, but you can't be mad at him that he dominated a level that he was no. supposed to dominate. Okay. And I, I, I don't. It's not so much the numbers with Fado. It's it's the scouting reports and the well, stuff. Well, I, I think yeah. that. Yeah. We, we discussed this in the last couple days, and you know the four of us typically are. We'll throw anybody under the bus. We, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit harsh we, in the. In the we, track. Look, we look like a back road in Charlevoix. There's so much roadkill from under, you know, us throwing people <laughs> under the bus. Okay, but but what's interesting, what we did say about Fado, in being fair, is look. You know, Willie Blair is tweaking his delivery now. They're trying to get him to stand up more. They're trying to get him to get more extension. And they're, what there is a simple way of saying, where's my four miles an hour? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's the depth on my slider? Okay. And, and as he is doing these things in bullpens and then has to take them into the game, recently, the past three or four starts, he is getting obliterated. He, he's given up how many, would you tell me, Chris? It's like 13 home runs in 40 innings. Yeah. yeah. Seven yeah. in the last two starts. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, he's getting crushed. Strikeouts but, are still there. But part of that may be is his, he processes these tweaks to his mechanics. He, his stuff is playing down, not up, until he can master mm-hmm. it. More likely than not, he will master it in the offseason. I'm sure conditioning is a huge issue well, that, there that, also. He, he, and even he admitted that last week when I spoke with him. And this is still the first full season Correct. professional baseball. I, I agree. And I think in a similar fashion, what is very interesting to look at when you start comparing things is Mize has struggled now three straight times at Lakeland. He, he's not getting crushed, but he's sure not dominating. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Manning has been so good for the past six or seven starts that he is consistently throwing Four or five the no first two yeah. times through the order. He's barely giving up a hit, much less a run. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard not to be excited about Matt Manning. He's, he's far exceeded everybody's expectation of where he would be at this point in time. And there's still a lot more ceiling to what he can add. 
I mean, he talked to Brandon that he has a Vulcan change. He hasn't really mastered how to throw it yet. Yeah. He the split probably, change is becoming a thing in this system. <laughs> it really and, and, and we we think he has two or three miles. You know, we we think he has at least one to three miles an hour more of velocity probably in the tank as he fills out. He's still a baby, and that might be better for his curveball than his fastball. I mean, he doesn't need that much with the fastball, but so you have to think about it all the way down through all of his stuff. So you know, how it affects everything. like every system and you. <laughs> You have schooled me about this every year. Every system's always a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. That was just my point. That was, is is that we've seen basically what you see from a solid system in a year. You see some guys move up, some guys move down, some guys get injured. Well, here I'll give you a different spin on that. Is that Keenan and I like to argue about Jake Rogers? It's a classic okay. argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Keenan from Bless Your Boys, by the way. <laughs> Tiger Lifer. Yet yeah. the last 175 at bats, Jake Rogers. 250, 350, five, almost 500, 500 probably. Power, so, walks, average, right. still low. So he's, got, yeah. he's probably got an 820 to 850 OPS, his last 175 at bat. He's so got 15 home runs through do, 300 do, do, do you care that he was 9 for 77 in, in May? I don't, particularly when he's no, a catcher. I, I love and, Chris the is, and Chris has always said, like, don't judge him by how they start a level. Judging by how they're finishing. But don't you love a kid that can endure that much failure and can stick with it and improve? Well, that's exactly what I wanted to get back with with Fado. Uh, The two things we talked about earlier today, I said I'm trying not to judge people too quickly for small sample sizes. The other thing is failure is the best thing for a lot of these prospects. And so getting, I think Brandon pointed out, like, at least now he knows that he has to work on this stuff. I mean, he probably knew it anyway, but it's like, okay, this is concrete proof that I need to work on this. I promise you he's never had four games like this. Ever. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing about Alex Fajardo is that's probably been the lowest of all of us, and I will mm-hmm. still argue that Alex Fajardo is quite obviously mentally tough as they come, you know, as as a pitching prospect, and he's he's going to do all the work you can ask him to do. He's going to be angry as heck at himself. I'm sure he's probably you know been a, a, not a lot of fun to be around over the past couple of weeks, and he's going to put the work in, and he's going to get whatever he has inside of himself out. That much I'm. I'm confident of just from watching him pitch in the, you know, in college and, and the postseason and the World Series. I mean, he's a gamer. He's got that attitude, and I and I like to you know I like to see that. Can't bank on it working out. And what what have I always said to you guys about has. prospects? I don't take prospects really seriously until when? Double A. That's sure. right. So now that they're failing at Double A, and then. Many of them have come back to start succeeding. Yes, I, Manning, I, I look at a little bit differently. That That's an unusual case. And sometimes guys that are, say, top 35 guys, you, you, you may go down to A. Mm-hmm. Or they just may be so talented that they're by age. But, you know, that, that's you need to see guys fail and how they make the adjustments against other really good players. Yeah. And th- that's when you find out if you have something or you don't. So, And there's guys like Eric De La Rosa, some of the guys they drafted, some typically that don't fit the Tigers' profile. The, the days that of drafting, of, of, you know, drafting your you know, Ryan Allen's Passage. kid or Mario Bevis. hitting kids. up a storm. Like it's two or who? three, four hits every day. Who did Death Rich? Rich. Yeah, yeah. Rich. The one that when I was doing my recap the other way, he went nine for eighteen one week. Yeah. And it was the strangest stat line because it was all singles. Yep. He They're didn't score. Strikeouts. He didn't score a run. <laughs> he didn't hit an RBI. He, he did not steal a base. base. It was wow. the strangest. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then he, he he went five for five with five singles one day. The next day, zero for four with four strikeouts. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And yeah. You know, even like even the bullpen development too. That you look at something that the Tigers have been kind of lacking, but look, I feel good about guys like Brian Garcia and Zach Houston. You and I have differed about Zach Houston throughout the podcast in a sense because I know, you know, Hookslide from, uh, you know, Hookslide loves Zach Houston, and I'm trying, I look beyond the box score, I've, I've learned to look beyond the box score, but I think the reason why I'm excited for guys like Brian Garcia and Zach Houston is because the kind of, Brian Garcia's going to come back, usually with elbow surgery, it seems like it's it's kind of a... He sure. breezed through the system pretty quickly. It's an interlude. Yeah. yeah. Well, more or less, yeah. Well, something that Brandon yeah. mentioned earlier about Drew Smiley, I don't know if we were on the air yet, was, was about how his velocity spiked. Same yeah. thing happened with Garcia before he blew out his arm. So it'll be interesting to see where his velocity is when he comes back. You never know from Tommy John, but it's usually it's like a 90% success rate, so the odds are, are pretty good. Yeah. Talk to Minkiewicz about Houston. And Minkiewicz, 
We all know. <laughs> tough guy. Yeah. Salty dog. Yeah, he knows, guy. He knows the stuff, yeah. He wants that breaking ball a little tighter. Yeah. He, he said that that's that's got to tighten down or he's going to have it in the seats at the big leagues. And, of course, he's got to get a little more command. He still mm-hmm. walks a few too many people. But that kid is coming on. And Brian Garcia, we all know, is going to be there. Uh, and, and the guy that's going to be interesting to watch come back next year Foley. is Foley. Yeah. 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 You almost forget that Jason Foley's there. And we talked to him last year in West Michigan. That was quite a find, too. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a find. Out of well, New, Western New York, Sacred Heart area or something like that. Sacred yeah. Cross. Sacred Cross. Yes, yes. They saw him in the Heart. New England Collegiate <laughs> Baseball League. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Throwing 92. Yeah. Well, as a starter. Yeah. And he had been, yeah, he'd been a reliever before. And they're like, oh, just go ahead and be a reliever. And 99. <laughs> with, with command. You know, meanwhile, the talk about Jason Foley, when I saw him in West Michigan, was one of the worst outings he had that year. Mm-hmm. And... I paid no attention to the outing because one of the first of all the fielding behind him was minor league level abominable. Yeah, have to take that but but he he yeah. hung in there and he actually located that fastball to both sides of the plate and I was pretty impressed by just how he ground out that inning when things weren't going too well for him mm-hmm. and he had been dominating prior to that and he, he was a legit ninety eight to hundred today I saw yeah. so. But let's, you know, for the relief pitching to the starters, but let's look at the outfield situation right now with the Tigers. I mean, Cam Gibson, you look at Cam Gibson. The reason I bring up Cam Gibson, um, because he's currently in double A right now. Some of the outfielders, I mean, Daz Cameron, we've, we've talked about him before. Daz Cameron's progress is his men, he's mental, be, or just his maturity is wise beyond his years based off his pedigree. But the outfield, look at it as an organization as a whole. What do you guys think that it's on this level right now? Are the Tigers still developing a lot of four foul fielders, circa. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, you might get lucky with a, you know, you might get lucky with a Jacob Robson, but right now it, it looks pretty much like Daz Cameron and maybe some fourth outfielder type guys. I would say though that I, that doesn't stress me out too much because you can you can buy corner outfielders at the major league level. It's not that's, 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 that's not it's not a key that's, position. And that, that is one of the benefits of. I would, I would like to develop a center depth. fielder, though. That's yeah. yeah. Get your center fielder. Get, get yeah. yourself strong up the middle, and you can figure the rest out for the most part. Go ahead, Chris. Catch your center field shortstop, and I'm good. I was just saying, one of the benefits of, of adding depth to the system the way they have is, is if you know they get to the point of being good again, they can start trading for actual major league pieces. Uh, you know the way they sort of did. I don't know. Dubrowski kind of did it with with smart trades rather than prospects for for. Uh, you know, major leaguers, but they may be able to do that in the future. But yeah, the outfield, shockingly, you know, we talked so much about they need infielders, they need infielders. They still might need some real impact infielders, but the outfielders, it does. It looks like Daz Cameron should probably be a solid regular. Uh, he's performed well enough that you can project that. Um, Derek Hill is your Jacoby Jones who can't really hit, but yeah, Derek runs Hill. all over the place. And, and Jose Alcacar can't uh, Azucar can't, can't yeah. take a walk. Yeah. Robson looks like a fourth outfielder. Kristen Stewart is... Strained at left field, uh, you're, you're kind of pinning your hopes on Parker Meadows, but that's it's, it's a lottery four ticket. Four years yeah. Kingston Liniac, Kingston Liniac is even farther away, probably. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, they, they need Deathridge. <laughs> Deathridge, you know, I yeah, we'll see with Deathridge. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm a lot, lot of physical skills, though. Yeah, well, that's one of the things. In that regard, he kind of reminds me of Cam Gibson, uh, who. I don't it's know why something, something about Cam Gibson. I he doesn't look right in a baseball uniform to me. I don't know why. I don't know if his pants are too tight or his sleeves are too short. Something like <laughs> some guys just look weird, like he Hunter looks, Pence. It's like how yeah, does that guy yeah. move he looks and like play a baseball? Football player yeah, play baseball. He's it's like, like a, lurking, some like, kind of a very tight, strong Brandon, marionette. Brandon, know, I feel like he's like this. The entire time Hunter Pence is <laughs> yeah, running yeah, like, there like there a is kind of like a hulking. Yeah, but he's he's a heck of an athlete. He's got power. He's got speed. He'll take a walk, and yet nobody projects him to be a big leaguer. And it. I think it's because of the hit tool, yeah. but he's still hitting 270 double A. We saw, you know, Witten Bernard hit 320 double A. Doesn't necessarily mean anything, but <laughs> uh, he, he, and, he, and he can put it in the seats. Yeah, uh, he has power. Him. Yeah, he, and and he gets better because the makeup is like his dad's. Mm-hmm. And if anyone is going to will himself into the big leagues, the kid will do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you guys. I see fourth outfielders everywhere in the <laughs> yeah. organization. Yeah. All across the board. And remember, too, Daz, even though he's young, that uh, batting average on balls in play 
is really high this mm -hmm. year. I saw him get three doubles last week in a game, and that one was hit hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think but I saw he, one of those. But he put him like down the right of... field. Now, yeah. now. He's got wheels, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but also, he was also hitting tough pitches and getting a bat on the ball with his striking out. He's going to be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with Brandon and all of you on that, but the other guys, all you, and Kristen Stewart, well, who knows what, what's going to happen there. Fourth outfielders, fourth outfielders, and they got to get some bats. they got to get some thunder, and, and I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, you look at this major league roster, it's the most punchless Tigers roster I've I, seen it, in over a decade, they obviously. they missed yeah. and missed and missed and missed on bats. Yeah, well, they've taken bats. And, yeah, we even, yeah, I remember there was an, an article where Avila said they don't, Take them because they're harder to find, or something. Was, well, it was the pitching is easier to evaluate because well, you can. Bats, and we all know yeah. impact bats generally come with the early pick, yeah. and that's too. Where everybody was so oh, we're so glad about <laughs> Prince Fielder, we're so glad about Victor, we're yep. so glad yeah. about. Do we know? We don't know because we don't know the first round picks that were gone those years. Or for Zimmerman and for Justin Upton, the two that they forfeited. We'd be having an entirely different conversation here tonight about who's in the farm system if they hadn't lost all those picks. Yeah, yeah, going for it. You pay the price for going for it like that. That's yeah, true. I mean, they went for it as hard as anybody can, and yeah, it hurts you. It really oh, does. They were, it was self-eviscerating to, to do what they did. Not, I don't want to change the topic here too much. It's sort of on, on topic, but, Lynn, I wanted to ask you a question because I noticed, I think it was yesterday, there was some conversation about player development. And, and you were, oh. I, I don't know if you want to clarify your stance here, but you're basically, what I thought you were saying is that good players are good players. You're not going to produce a good player out of nothing. Hitters. Yeah, hit hitters. But there were people saying, well, no, there's development. You can do development. I'm kind of curious if you want to clarify what you meant there. Of right? course you got to develop. Yeah. Because everybody had to develop, whether you were Mike Trout or, or the only buddy you didn't have to really develop in my lifetime was K-Line. <laughs> You didn't have came to fully formed out of the womb. Yeah. But my, my point, not that develop, of course develop, that's what the minor leagues are for, is development. But if it were development, we'd be producing all kinds of hitters. And it still comes down to an elite skill set. Not that you can't refine, but the three things that I cited though, Chris, hand-eye coordination, pitch recognition, and bat speed. I don't know how you quote-unquote develop the three most essential drivetrain parts to a hitter. Now you can enhance, but but that's I don't know that we were arguing or disagreeing as much as I felt that unless you've got those essential component parts, which are very rare to come by, you haven't got a hitter. All right. So now you've identified a very very important segment of what I constantly harp on about what I have been disappointed about Tigers player development and I don't even know if player development is a good way to explain it and we talk about this quite a bit so let's instead of using the term player development let's use the term profile the Tigers have struggled for a long time creating a profile of what a successful hitter is and relentlessly pursuing those type hitters year after year after year. Because even you're going to have years, you're going to draft kids that measurement and, and data-wise fill the profile that still fail. But the point is, if you're drafting two, three, four type of the same type of hitter yeah. that fills a profile that all of a sudden five years into it, you've drafted 20 kids, six are good, six you don't know, 12, eight fell by the wayside, but you have six really good players. And this year what I will tip my hat to them about is the first year they changed the profile of the type of player they were willing Agreed. to draft. Death Ridge. Meadows, Cody Clemens, those were not the type of players that the Tigers were drafting prior to this. No, all had some power, all had some plate discipline, all were athletic. 
okay? Lenny actors, and they need to Kevin expand Smith. that into their international signings, and they need to do it year after year. Now, can you when you brought to light the type of things that you would like to see them draft, with the advent of technology now, besides plate discipline, which you can only measure by actually scouting a player, okay, watching where he puts balls in play and what pitches and how he recognizes pitches and his aptitude for that, all those other things can be measured with technology now, with Rapsido, with TrackMan, all these different mm-hmm. ways they can get a better analysis using exit velocity, where kids swing at pitches, how they recognize things. So they should be able to assemble a profile of what they feel should succeed. And if they do not succeed, then they're doing a poor job of profiling the players correctly. No, I agree. Mark, I think you hit it uh, uh, on the nose. And that has been the biggest difference, though, in terms of this organizational investment. They have gotten finally smart with their technology and with their analytics. The analytics, not only, of course, do we have a 10-man staff now. They used to have a one-man staff. It was Mike Smith. Uh, But the millions and millions that you're talking about now, the study of those kids on the very point you're making has gone from zero to whatever everybody else is So let's bring something to light, just in fairness, because we were discussing a little today. The Yankees, they do all this. Houston, they do all this. San Diego, they do all this. Atlanta, Atlanta they do these things, okay? Andrews, yeah. Cubs. Cubs. <laughs> Brewers. Okay. I don't think How about this? You want to talk about a really good organization that has a bunch of hitters right now? Cincinnati. Yeah, I was just going to say, they... They, yeah, pitching's development's still an issue, but but yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I think we saw, and we all agree that we thought that this draft, at least the top ten picks, were like this. This smells of analytics the way that they've they've gone after this draft. Yeah, finally, yeah. yeah, these guys have tools. But, yeah, but it's, they're it's not trying to guess at the hit tool. It's all the other they are. Tools. Now, here's the other thing I want you to always remember about drafts. Well, wait. Okay? I'm going to say, you may be behind, but it's much easier to catch up now than it would have been 10 years ago. Well, at least you have a map. It's all there. I mean, all the information is available. Everybody it's has hard, this it's information. It's awful hard to get where you're going with no map. Exactly. Okay, but what I, wa- I want you to understand, there, there's, there's another issue here that you always have to factor in about drafting. You never know what the draft class quality is going to be from year to year. Mm-hmm. As an example, we were talking about this a little bit at dinner. Mm-hmm. In 2019's draft, I'm not so sure that Casey Mize isn't the fourth or fifth pick. Oh, I, I completely. Yeah. yeah. The, and you I, can say that now. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to down the kid too much, but the, the Tigers did kind of hit a rough year to pick first overall. They, there was It was a very deep draft in terms of high school pitching, especially high school right-handers who have never gone 1-1. <laughs> and none of them, like the top one, ended up not getting uh, signed oh, because he, his, his wrist there was a wrist issue. Uh, and so, yeah, they end up going with this safe, medium upside pick. Uh, but you're right. You go back to – I'm trying to think that the drafts of, like, 2005, which I think was Justin Upton and then Troy Tulowitzki and Ryan Braun and just these 40-50 win players all in a row. And then the other drafts, like 2000, where it was Adrian Gonzalez and nobody else. It's, it's, it's a roll of the dice. And, and, yeah, next year sounds like it's pretty good, which the Tigers should have – a, a, a top 10 pick again. If, if they don't, something strange has happened. The 2020 class is supposed to be even better. Well, really, who, know, who knows when... You're, you're even you're two years ahead of even where I was looking. I, I, Although I, that's so hard to project. Yeah, 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 those things, yeah. We all know, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, they, but let's say top six, because they'll probably have a top six. Yeah. yeah. But I look at... Here's the thing, though. That This is the thing that you talk about with drafting. I'll look at the Tigers draft from 10 years ago. Ryan Perry, first pick, bad idea. That's Sorry, the, and I say that's that only the infamous reliever draft. Yeah, that's yeah. produced two decent position players. Yeah, Cody, Cody Satterwhite, Scott Green, Brett Jacobson, Jackson. Avila, Tyler Stahl, Jay Todd, Andy Dirks, friend of the show, uh, friend of uh, Brandon Show, <laughs> friend, of, friend of the show, Andy, friend of the show. Robbie Weinhardt. The reason why I bring Weinhardt up his names, there's there's years, literally years, and 
you know, Lynn and I were talking about this. We're all talking about this out there in dinner. There's been years where the Tigers have not gotten anything out of a draft. And, Chris, you and I have talked about whether to get two guys out of a draft, if that's just is something that's – what's the average? What's the average you get return on the draft? That's, that's good. And yeah. the answer yeah. is, I mean, the Tigers have not even gotten even one – like a certain okay. – but, but two points. Like, what we've seen in, in baseball over the last 18 years is a radical change in how players are evaluated, how data is collected and used. And the Tigers were woefully behind. And they've 20, been woefully yeah. behind True. until just now. We were in that zone right. where you're trying to win. You know, the currency of a minor leaguer is what can I, what real player in the major leagues can I get for him? You know, and that's one part of it. And the second part of it is that what we're seeing now as we look to the future is that you're not getting the same kind of returns um, you know, for your pieces as you used to. You know, when you go to trade Manny Machado, you know, one of the, the better players in the game. I think most of us would agree. And, yeah, it's a rental, but you get one low-end low top 100 prospect and a bunch of lottery tickets, and that's it. And that changes to me a little bit. And you can't project these things because you never know where the market will change. But that's why I think to myself, you can't – you're not going to draft and develop an entire World Series winning team out of your farm system no. at a certain point. You know, if you can get those key pieces and and continue this pipeline where the system is deep, and Fangraphs ranked this Tiger system as third, the third deepest yesterday. I don't know what you want to think about that, but you know, you're gonna have to trade for those pieces too. We'll be here another hour in the in the end, like finishing the deal on this is gonna require trading some prospects for players again. No, and that, and that's so, that's perfectly fine, and it's not a bad time to do it. No, I mean, if you look at the grand scheme of things, five years from now, I don't know if it'll. So. If you look at the grand scheme of things from now, or grand scheme of things. Look at the CC Sabathia trade for the Indians for when they traded for the Brewers. Matt Laporta, or is he now? He's yeah. back in grocery somewhere. Yeah. Where did I see? Somebody said that the, the uh, Edwin Jackson's still around. <laughs> Go back to that Max Scherzer <laughs> trade. That's Mike, amazing, by the way. Michael, yeah. Michael Brantley was the player to be named later in that. Yeah. Oh. And I thought I read an article where the Brewers oh. said, "If we make the playoffs, you get to choose who it is, and if we miss the playoffs, we choose who it is." I, I read. I think that's, that's what I read. Challenge yeah, trade. Wow. Yeah, and so, uh, and so, yeah, they made the playoffs, and the Indians took Michael Brantley, and he's been, you know, he was a borderline MVP uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, right yeah. before the shoulder yeah. stuff. Yeah, so, having a good year. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe the Tigers will pull it off from the A's. Free agent to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you for giving us this time. I yeah. It. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love talking baseball. Yeah. What a what a great conversation. Let's do it again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Appreciate awesome to hang out with you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here, guys, because uh, usually uh, usually we could go on for quite a bit of distance, but we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah. And uh, hey, you too, Brandon. This was this was a fantastic. Uh, way, let's try to do this. I, I we'll call this the inaugural garage invitational. Yeah, the garage invitational. The, the first annual uh, garage invitational. Garage rock. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. No, I, I like that. I like the garage rock. Try to get Jordan in here next time for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it, Len. Nice to meet you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. What a fabulous night, guys. Yeah, it was a great night. Mark, great hospitality. Yes. Yeah. Excellent food. But, Lily, John, let's do this again. For sure. All right. Sounds good yeah. to me. Thank um, you, Lily. Yeah, while, while we're talking, it's, it sounds like it's been kind of a wild. What's the score it's, right it's now? It's now 10-7. to 7. The Tigers got it to 8-7. to 7. They had the bases loaded with one out, I think. I'd just like to uh, send this note out to, uh, to uh, one Al Avila. We're available for parties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we do uh, host it all night. I got, I got a chance to meet him. I got a chance to meet Al uh, for a couple minutes the other day when I was out there for the Jack Morris jersey ceremony. I shook his hand and just said, yeah, I was very, you know, very cool. Did you mention that you're Cuban? Yes, I did. I did. Before we go, yes. I know you... Got to be a fly on the wall, and were there any stories you want to share? Or you want to say that for next week? <laughs> or? Well, 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 we'll save that for next week because, uh, oh. well, you know what? I was promised dirt. Yeah, but that's uh, Monthly crew level dirt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll no, share that. We'll Yeah, we have a podcast, but uh, we have people listen. We have people who uh, we got listening. So, uh, but anyways, um, that, that was that. You know, that was not much. But anyways, uh, <laughs> thanks so much for listening, to Tigers SRD here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Live on location. Uh, thanks for everybody. Again, Mark, thank you again for hosting. Absolutely. My this pleasure. was a lot of fun. Amazing hospitality. And um, don't forget to click uh, subscribe to our new iTunes feed. Subscribe to our Google Play feed. Give us five-star reviews because you know you want to. Six stars. Six stars. Six stars. Ed McMahon. Slack. Five stars. Because <laughs> it's Israel, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. This, no, six-pointed star. Six-pointed star. Yeah. Oh, six anyway. star. Oh. oh, okay. All right. Um, 
So on that note, uh, we'll be back next week. With same kind, we'll be doing a we'll go back to our original format of uh, inside the numbers. Dexter Keenan, by the way, from uh, Bless You Boys, he won a pair of uh, uh, Renaissance Fair tickets. I have them in my pocket. I literally legitimately well, have a pair. Do you want a pair? Well, the only issue with with that is he lives in Columbus, doesn't he? Yeah, that's a. I know. Which I was is, like, I couldn't believe I was like, actually giving away tickets, and no one wanted. You know, Columbus is a permanent Renaissance Fair, probably. I think I Harrison, Harrison Brown. Oh, uh, yes, no, absolutely. Right. We also have a bag of. Harrison's magic beans donated by one Alavila to use as to draft I was talking to Harrison on the phone as I was driving over here. He was with my wife, and I said, hey, we're going to go talk about baseball. And he said, which kind of baseball? Because I think he views real baseball and walnut baseball as separate entities. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, one, he, prefer, he prefers one over the other. Yeah, the rule set is totally different. Harrison Brown is four years old. Yes. Future star. Yeah. We'll see. He's going to do something. He's got the launch angle. We, we talked about know. this. Yeah. Yeah. He likes destroying things. So. <laughs> yeah, but he's got that, that walnut baseball. When I saw that picture, I, I've never heard of walnut baseball before. I didn't know it was a thing. So. I, I, I didn't know either. He just we, he liked to pick walnuts, and I said, hey, well, if we're going to do that, then hit him, hit him with a baseball bat. He wanted to hit him with a stick, and I'm like, you know what? Takes the hat. Hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero got Top good by hitting a, t- a, a, a ball that was like a, a tape, literally yeah. just tape. Well, they said a lot of the, the kids in the Dominican will have a broomstick and what's like, that little a, a, a bottle, bottle cap? Bottle cap. Yeah. And they're you know, like so this big, and they're throwing breaking balls, and so they just learn to learn to hit and swing, and, and that's why I don't walk much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> although one, hit anything, although one Soto so in 2035, yeah. Vladimir when Guerrero Harrison Brown is the rookie of the year in the American League. You understand. How he was trained. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Walnuts. Yeah, walnuts. Walnuts. So. Start my Walnut Academy where we're training all the young kids. <laughs> uh, Brandon, you want to pimp anything before we get out of here? No, just um, please check out the uh, Bless Your Boys main page for any fun stuff that's on there. I'm actually going on vacation, so I don't know what those guys are going to do for about a nice. week. You know, well they'll, they'll muddle through. And then, uh, well yeah. deserved. And if you, yeah, if you did miss our Andy Dirks podcast, yeah, take a look for that. Well um, worth actually, it. Andy Dirks yeah. was a fascinating interview. Actually, that was a great um, job. Yeah. Really interesting guy to talk to about baseball and what he's been up to. So check that out. And other than that, yeah, just just listen to these guys. You'll get through. And uh, I don't know, maybe pick an alternate baseball team for about four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll see you next week.